from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Thank God it's... Yep, Friday. Game three Friday. Vegas Golden Knights Friday. Not for Ari. He just indicated that uh, he's rooting for Montreal. Likes the French, check that, the Canadian national anthem. I'm sure he'll cry tonight when they sing it in French. Uh, He likes that national anthem more than the U.S. national anthem. So the lines are being drawn here. You can see where we're going. Adam Hill is here. I sang it. Belted it out on press row. We'll have you sing it another time. We're tight today. I'm not saying I'm going to sing it here. I'm saying I, I sang it. I just from the top of the top of my lungs on press row. Good for you. It's good. It's a great song. It's good. Can we start at the three o'clock hour? Or are you just teasing us like you're going to sing? I'm not teasing anything. I'm not singing. It's time for the three presented by Nova home loans. Call now at eight, seven, seven, seven hundred Nova. I'm going to ask a really stupid question because I know that you've been running around all day. Yeah. U.S. Open, not really, <laughs> not not really in the Sunday probably. You'll have some time on Sunday to watch it? It depends who's on the leaderboard. Okay. Who do you need to be on the leaderboard? I mean, I need Tiger to come back. <laughs> you need Tiger? Need Tiger to get out of the hospital bed. and I know he's not at the hospital anymore. but uh, Bland, five. Henley, four. Kepka four. Kepka also on the course very much early. In his round. How about this? If there's uh, a Tyson four, Shafley three, Bubba Watson three, Rom. Rom, good to go. Should not be pulled off the course. Three under. Who else do you need? If if you give me a uh, Kepka DeShambo final pairing, I guess I'll watch. DeShambo's even. All right. He's give got me, some work to do. Me. And Kepka seems like he's gonna shoot a freaking monster round. Yeah, give me those guys in the final in the final pairing and I'll watch it. The good rivalry. Did you have a Mickelson ticket? No. Did you see the tongue lashing some were giving? Um, it was kind of the whole subtweet sportsbook thing, but that there were offers out there of uh, eight and nine to one. Sure. On Mickelson, while others had forty-five up to sixty-five to one. Yeah. And 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 it's why you know we have given credit to places like Circa, and I know they were, um, you know, there were <laughs> some of their people were the most vocal about this, but. Uh, if you're going to do something like that as a sports book, offer the no. When and when you offer so a minus no price, thirteen hundred no. When you've got plus eight hundred on yeah. the win, when you offer a no price, it makes your future market a lot more, um, a lot more honest. Like eight to one on Mickelson is egregious. So Mickelson one under today, three over for the tournament. So what? Eight <sighs> off the pace. Let's 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 pick it up at the top and make the cut somewhere around there. Just get him out of get him out of there. Is he thrown off today by one of those immense distractions that golfers fall victim to? Yeah. Like we've had in the past, uh we've had coins jingle in a pocket and uh we had a golfer flip out about that. Others were complaining about blades of grass moving. I swear <laughs> they could hear him. Of course. Uh we've had uh what's his name? Speeth, his uh, henchman of a of a caddy going over to people and telling him to uh, stop taking pictures, you know, because it was making little noises on their phone. The pictures. Now what? It's kind of along those lines. Now really. what? Now who's complaining? Phil Mickelson. Oh, good guy, Phil. Here we go. 
Not happy with the cameras and the cell phones that are out on the course. Same thing. Are people well, on the cell phones, or is it, or is it a clicking? The kind of that clicking noise you get when you it's take a, a little picture? bit of everything. Um, because he said he was unhappy with the camera, but he also just was unhappy with the phones being out. Uh, he threw a fit on the course, but oh, then no. I think he was smart enough to not do it because he's protecting the image, right? And kind of was like, "Hey, listen, it's part of the game." Uh, but he said, uh, "Hey, listen, it's part of pro- I just said it's part of professional golf." You have to learn to deal with it. I don't understand why you can't just turn that little button on the side into silent. I probably didn't deal with it internally as well as I could have or as well as I need to. It's part of playing the game here at this level. Certainly, I didn't do the best job of dealing with it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Think about we started off the NBA playoffs with a dude getting popcorn dumped on him. Now, he wasn't playing at the time. Sure. Trey Young got spit on. What were the other offenses? We have racial slurs, hurl. I can't keep track of all the NBA stuff. The other one is, hey, Phil, what's worse? The clicking sound of a phone camera or now I'm blanking on who the hell it was. Who was whose family was having trouble in Utah? It was uh, John Morant. Yeah. What do you think is worse? The clicking phone camera or John Morant looking over his shoulder to to worry about his family getting beat up? They banned three Jazz fans for life. Now I'm glad he like recovered quickly, and he's like, I should have done a better job. But do, you, do they not? Do, when golfers do this, do they not realize the lunacy of what they're saying and how pristine your conditions are? How many times do we have to be through this? Every hole in golf, actually, it, it's two holes. Every other hole in golf should be the waste management open stadium environment, and. What what's the hole on? Is it seventeen on the Tahoe course where they're whipping footballs at Steph Curry's head and dunking in the background with you know boat horns and freaking and like club horns? The below deck yacht. That should be every <laughs> hole in golf. Sure. Click. What <laughs> is that noise? Seriously. Wasn't it? Was it? Uh, was it Patrick Reed? Someone had like coins in their pocket. A uh, yeah. member of the gallery. What's going on? Who's jiggling coins? These guys are. I'm sorry. I, it just. It, we wouldn't talk about it if it didn't keep coming up. It's it's preposterous. It get is, rid of get rid of the quiet rules and you know and I, I guess the other I guess the third whole option would be just like any tournament at uh, I get, it's generally Beth Page where the New York and New Jersey and Connecticut fans are just they're animals. And I, you get I would there and they're just the, the entire time. On every shot. You also know that while, like, other sports Fourth hole is every hole at the Ryder Cup. But it tells you... I I have a whole course built. Sure. It tells you all you need to know about how fan-friendly golf is. Yeah. That, like, every other sport was like, we need to get the fans back. And golf was like, thank God they're gone. (laughs) Ah, they're back? (laughs) Can you quiet them down? It's so weird. It's it's amazing. But it it will never change. Like, that's golf. And we, we kind of thought, like, oh, there's this... The new Tiger generation. And a lot of these young players that are really, really good are Tiger generation and guys. They are some of the softest dudes when it comes to complaining. Right. And we kind of thought, like, okay, when this generation <laughs> comes up, guys that weren't necessarily country club guys, it was guys that just watched Tiger and loved him and wanted to play golf. Like, this is the generation that changes it? No. It's gotten worse. Well, speaking of the NBA, there was a trade today. Can you explain this one to me? Because... Uh... I, I never understand what's going on with the picks and the salary dumps and what they're setting up for. But Kemba Walker is no longer with the Celtics. 
Apparently, he wanted out. They were shopping him during the season. So he goes from the Celtics to Oklahoma City. OKC's situation is really weird. Now, this year, they succeeded in doing what they were supposed to do. Last year was a disaster. They won way too many games. Yeah. They were like, Chris Paul's got to get the hell out of here. We don't need winners. And I'm not saying the guys on the team are losers, but they need to be young because when they bailed on the whole thing, they acquired 500 first-round picks, and now they've added more. They get a first-round pick this draft, so they have three in this draft. Wow. They have 18 first-round picks in the next seven drafts. Yeah, you know, you sent you sent over this note, and I like I couldn't read what you were saying. I was like, wait, does that 18 first-round picks? In the next seven drafts. Holy crap. Uh, they have some. They have some ability to make some moves. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. First of all, you really can't use all those picks. They should be able to move into the top five in every draft for like the next five years. Should be if able they're to do not, that. they should be in the top five on their own and be able to get a second top five pick with all the picks they have, or acquire two superstars with you know three picks each. Or when they're ready, you make the, the transition. Sure, they, wow. they've got so much, so much capital now. Only one problem: the team is in Oklahoma City. It's true. Which. Is a challenge to get cool. superstars to actually, agree because you know you can just say, "Hey, oh, just trade for them." Like they ain't going if they don't want to go. It's actually a cool little town. You think? I do. You sure? I, I'm sure. Have you spent time in Oklahoma City? I've driven through it many times. No, I love it. Yeah, you have to go for a couple nights. And and I'll I just also, saw the, the brick uh, baseball field. I'm like, there yeah, it is. brick town. It's great. Huh. Uh, I will also tell you. Now this is not. It's not the same as athletes. But I, I, and lately it's been out of control. Listen to a lot of like comedian podcasts, and almost every one of them will like go down their favorite list of cities to like hang out and perform in. Always Oklahoma City. Why? List. Like good bar district and restaurants. Yeah, yeah Bricktown all is right, cool. All right, maybe I'm open to it. Yeah, it's a cool little town. Just check it out every day though. Cofield the company on the road every day. <laughs> OKC every day. You got to live there. Yes. Well, you don't. Have, you don't actually don't have to live there every yeah, day the if you're an NBA player. You stay there for the season and you get the hell out. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. From the left wall in Eric Stahl. Rebounds. Lose puck. They score from the left wing side. Montreal takes the lead. It was another try deep on the left wing. Armia follows it up, and Montreal strikes first in game two. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. That was another quick start for the Montreal Canadiens, Armia. I got on Flurry yesterday about two of the goals in game two. Am I wrong? Kind of the off-speed puck by Toffoli, and then the, uh, the poke attempt and dive. On the three nothing goal, yeah. I mean, you, you for I mean, goalies for the most part, and you know, are going to take heat for some of their goals unless you're Candy Flurry. came back at me and was like, "Hey, you know, especially on the uh, the poke and the the dive." He's like, "That's the way he plays. He's aggressive." It's true. Like, I mean, like, okay. if you're if you're going to criticize it, right? Then you have to then you have to say all the all the times that he did it. It works. That it worked. Okay. Then you have to then you have to credit him for those and say, "Well, how many did he save by doing that?" Compared to the one that he lets in. Barry Millard's part of the uh, VGK broadcast team, AT&T Sportsnet. He certainly is uh, watching this series very closely as we got game three on top uh, on tap in an hour and 45 minutes. Darren, am I a jackass for uh, levying any criticism the way of uh, Mr. Flurry? Is that, is I'll that not allowed? Jack. I'll, I'll <laughs> call you Jack, but I, uh, I won't go the full nine yards. Uh, the, the, the Foley one, 
that's a, that's a timing play. He's expecting that to rocket off the stick, and uh, and when he heals it, when fully heals it, right. it, it completely throws uh, throws everything out of uh, whack. And you'll see that happen uh, time and time again. Goalies would much rather you uh, connect with that a hundred percent than anything like uh, what you saw to Foley. And uh, that's the first time that I've witnessed Mark Andre missing a, a diving poke check. Uh, in the time that that I've been here, now I'm sure he's he's missed it uh, over the course of his career, but he is as good as anybody in the game uh, at that timing play. Uh, we watched it uh, recently with uh, with Evander Kane, and he almost brought the the, the roof of the building down uh, after he did that uh, against the San Jose Sharks. He's pulled it off numerous times, so that was uh, that was a bit surprising that uh, that he that he missed that. But uh, good on good on Paul Byron for making a, a pretty skilled play. Yeah, there's two sides to those equations, and sometimes you can give credit to the uh, yeah. the attacker, right? Uh, all right, let's not bury the lead. Uh, right now, the lead for this game is what's going on with the Canadians and Ducharm, and who's going to be behind the bench. Apparently, he's not going to be there. He's got uh, a positive COVID test. We think he may be out for longer. I, yeah. I this this ha- this massive factor in the game tonight. I would think so. Like a one-off, you can get by, and uh, and you know it's who who takes over. Uh, Luke Richardson's one of their assistant coaches because remember they made a coaching change in mid-season and and adjusted their staff. And Dominic Ducharme at that time was one of the assistants. Uh, he was promoted, and Claude Julian and his top assistant in Kirk Muller were both let go. Uh, so it kind of through it all, it left them down one assistant, and right now uh, they, uh, they the the assistants would be Luke Richardson, who would take over as the head coach, and Alex Burrows, who's relatively new to coaching. Uh, he was actually in Laval uh, with their American Hockey League team uh, at the time of the coaching change midway through, and uh, and he got promoted. So uh, you've got you really only a one guy tonight who's been with the team all year. Uh, and not that that's saying that you, you can't get through it, but it's it's uh, definitely different. And you've got a player, one person that's uh, that's ever ran a bench before uh, in in Luke Richardson. So that's uh, a little unique. I would expect Joel Bouchard, their uh, American League head coach, uh, to also be on the bench tonight. But uh, but they're uh, they were already thin uh, uh, with uh, with coaches on their bench, and and this will be different. Uh, I think tonight totally get by but uh but i mean uh it's it's there's a rhythm to it there's uh uh uh, knowledge there's you're in that mode uh i i think it has an effect uh but there's others that uh that that uh, don't uh, necessarily agree that coaching when you get to this stage uh plays a huge role that they're more on autopilot and the talent will take over uh i'll I'll be really interested to see how it how it reacts a one-off fine but if you get deep into a series, I think uh, I think you'll see a bench with with the ability to run a bench. Um, we'll see we'll see how it uh, uh, shakes out. I'm I'm curious more than anything, uh, and fascinated more than anything about it. Do you think you possibly could get that one game like bounce? Like, hey, win one for coach. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think we we kind of saw that with uh, with Vegas, who went through it uh, yeah. when Kelly took over at, at the last second against the St. Louis Blues and. Manny Vibros and his staff uh, from the Henderson Silver Knights, who uh, had, uh, hadn't coached a game yet for the Henderson team, and ended up coaching a game for the uh, 
for the for the Vegas Golden Knights, and and they played a really strong game and deserved the win, and ended up losing a shootout uh, that night against the St. Louis Blues. But uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, I think uh, win one for the Gipper. Uh, if anybody uh, remembers the Gipper, uh, uh, but uh, I think I think that uh, the, the Gip could be uh, could be a motivating factor for tonight. But then you get into the series, uh, like he's we're talking ten days or more. Uh, if it's a, a true blue positive test, um, that that's the rest of this series. So Alex Tuck Centerman, what do you think? Yes. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I think uh, from based on his experience at center, it's somewhat of a surprise because he has only played once uh, at that spot this year. And when Stormy talked to him after the first period of that game, uh, he, he was asked, uh, she asked him, when was the last time you did that? And he said, around 16 uh, was the answer. But following that game, and uh, and this, is the, Adam, this is the real uh, key here, uh, Pete DeBoer was uh, questioned about uh, the, the decision to play Alex Tuck uh, down the middle, and he said, well, we thought we'd give it a shot uh, just to see what we have there, and it's not something long-term, but uh, it's better to try it now than try it uh, in the playoffs, Was as I, as I paraphrase. Well, they must have liked what they saw because they're going to go to it again in the playoffs. And uh, Alex Tuck is a speedster and can play physical. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, into his physical, but uh, certainly uh, on on the faster side of it, and uh, I think the assignment. Uh, uh, and if you want somebody to fill the shoes of Chandler Stevenson, he's as good as anybody. That said, I thought King Golasar did a nice job the other night when he took over in the second and third period. Uh, but uh, but they must be looking for a, a little bit more oomph out of it uh, when you when you consider that you're breaking up the third line to make this adjustment. And that's something they tried to avoid the other night. Let me just push back and say, yep. you said, you know, they must've liked what they saw because they're going to allow this to happen in the playoffs. If they liked what they saw, wouldn't we have seen that in game two? The, the reason they didn't do it in game two was they didn't want to disrupt the third line. Uh, and they wanted to keep uh, the misfits together and they wanted to keep uh, the third line together. They love that combination uh, with uh, with Yanmark and Tuck and uh, and the way they skate together, uh, they they wanted to be as little disruption as possible. So uh, that's why they made an in-game decision uh, the other night. Because I, I personally thought they would go Yanmark uh, yeah. at, at center uh, with those top two because he's he's got the most experience playing uh, in the middle out of anybody that uh, that's available right now outside of uh, Nosek, and I'm not, I'm not sure when he gets back in the lineup. But uh, but that's the way I would go. But uh, to answer your question, uh, and, and and it's a really good one. It makes total sense. Uh, they they didn't want to disrupt that. Uh, they want they still wanted to be able to roll those three lines and have an effective three lines. Uh, they now after uh, being able to look at it, talk about it, uh, uh, have obviously decided that they're going to add, add Tuck to that uh, to that top unit. So now with Tuck up, like as you said, one of the reasons you want to do that is because you don't want to yeah. sacrifice the third line. Well, now you've kind of sacrificed the third line a little bit. Uh, how much does this change the dynamic of the team that they're so loaded in the top six and now maybe you know don't have those four lines to kind of roll through? Well, the, the, the fourth line, I will say, was really good yeah. in game two. And, and they had it going on. They created, uh, I counted, six consecutive shifts where they created chances. Now, that's not what you want to lean on uh, for offense, but every time they do score, all we do is say, 
like that scoring is great. You need it in the playoffs, and and they 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 didn't get the scoring, but they got the chances out of it. So uh, I don't think it affects the fourth line at all. And you rely on athletes to rise to the occasion now with the uh, with the third line, and hope that they can find the chemistry and uh, and and Nick Waugh fits in great uh, with that line and with Yanmark, and they and they get something uh, going uh, with that unit, and, and hopefully that they can come together. But uh, I, I think the when you look at it now, the sacrifice with the third, and, I, and I'm sort of paraphrasing this whole thing uh, and, and putting words where I'm not speaking for the coaches, but sure. I'm trying to uh, get inside their heads, that the potential to ignite Pacioretty and Stone in this series uh, is a greater is worth the gamble than keeping that third line together uh you'll you, if you get them hot then uh then you'll get uh, more out of those top two wingers you just mentioned patch so i want to go there real quick yeah. um he's been that he's been back before uh had the first game with the big you know welcome home and the standing ovation and everything else yeah, uh, never like this this is a different situation it's not a full yeah. house but what is this going to be like for him, and how difficult do you think it could be? I guess you can go either way. You could be inspired and have a huge game, or you can kind of feel the pressure. How do you think he handles it, and what's the, what's this moment like for him? Well, I think it's going to be fun for him uh, in in knowing Max Pacioretty in a limited capacity that I know. Uh, I would uh, guess that uh, that he's going to enjoy this moment, uh, and and uh, with the because I always say. Uh, Max Pacioretty with a burr under his saddle is a great Max Pacioretty, and I think this puts burr under his saddle and, and gives him a little bit more bite and a little bit more physical and uh, and certainly more engaged uh, in the uh, in the series. Like he knows all eyes are going to be on him. He knows every time he touches the puck uh, what the reaction is going to be, even from thirty nine hundred people uh, in in the building. Uh, he knows what going to be said and uh, in and around town. So uh, I think that this is a uh, uh, one. Uh, a motivating factor for him. Uh, two, he's can have some fun with it, and uh, and three, it's a real Adam. It's a real opportunity for him yeah. uh, to make one of those statement games. Like uh, I did uh, some poking around before the series. He's the first full time former captain of Montreal to face the Canadians in the playoffs since 1968, wow. and that was Doug Harvey who played uh, for the St. Louis Blues, and Doug Harvey was the first. The two guys who have have worn the captaincy full time and faced Montreal in the playoffs uh, in the history, uh, I think it's it's different, it's unique, it doesn't happen, and uh, and it's a chance to to sort of add it, uh, a little bit more to the history books. I play Montreal is an opportunity in itself, but the Stanley Cup semifinals and a former captain—that's a big stage, man. Yeah, uh, on the Canadians, I know this is a different year that you know nobody played each other outside the division, so it's kind of tough to gauge, but. Why is this team so much better in the postseason than they were during the regular season? Well, they're built for uh, this style, certainly more so than than the Torontos and the Edmontons. Look, uh, Montreal, I would consider to be a, a hybrid uh, of Colorado and and Minnesota. Uh, what I see for Montreal is is a bigger team. That the bodies they added before the season and mid season. Uh, not just better bodies, but Josh Anderson, big body, he can skate. Uh, Aristotle at the uh, at uh, uh, the uh, the start of the season, a bigger body uh, at the deadline. Uh, you 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 brought in a couple of uh, defensemen, uh, and and they're bigger. And then they've got the kids who have who and and with with all due respect to what I just said, 
uh, it's been Cole Caulfield and, and uh, Suzuki who have kind of found something uh, with them, who have added a, a, a real speed element and, and allowed them to, uh, to go. Like, this is a team that had one more win than Ottawa this year. One more win, hmm. more points. Well, one more win. So uh, this, is, this is certainly uh, not a uh, Colorado or a Minnesota who had a great regular season that you're tackling. This is more something like uh, 1986, 1993, back in Montreal Canadian lore, where they just get hot and the hockey gods kind of take over. Darren, we appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Jack. Uh, I'm glad I, I don't have to follow through on the, the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> be, be good, guys. Later. Enjoy the game. There he is, Darren Millard, AT&T Sportsnet, part of the VGK broadcast family, also uh, part of our crew over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's where the game is coming up at 5 o'clock. Pre-game goes down at 4, VGK Insider Show pre-game. Call it what you want. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he mentioned Anderson because he's been really dangerous. He had a, a good uh, rush at Flurry in game one. He also had the brilliant pass to uh, Byron to set up the 3 nothing goal. That was great. So, dangerous guy. Got to watch. All right, on the way back. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. Anytime Waffle House comes up on social media, Adam and I get very jealous. We don't have it here, but I think we may have a little war here over a uh, a waffle eat-off that some, uh, I don't want to call him a wimp, but he's a wimp. Dude, can you eat waffles or not? The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Hill is here, Cofield. Uh, what do you think is going to happen tonight? What is going to happen in the hockey game? I feel like it's a really good spot for the Canadians. Um, I, Even I without do their think, coach. Yeah, as as Darren was saying, and I, I think I would agree, Like he's part of the preparation. He's... Part of the game planning, all that stuff. Right. During the game, how much impact would he necessarily have? I mean, I think, you know, your assistants are there doing a lot of that work anyway. Um, so I don't know. And I think for one game, it could be a boost sometimes to say, hey, he's not here. Let's go get one for him. Um, that could help. And long term, it, it might be different. You know, th- through the course of the series, it's probably a big loss. But I think for one game in a one game spot, uh, it could help. And, you know, I'm interested to see. I, I don't know how much it'll change. Like, Tomas Nosek does play, which it looks like he's trending toward playing tonight. Mm. That's a big return. Maybe he goes up to the top line and they don't have to move Alex Tuck. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, potential there for the Golden Knights to get a boost from his return. Uh, I, I think there's, there's good, there's good things on both sides, but I do think it's a good spot for the Canadians and. Could be a tough game for the Knights to go in there. So we saw a great food bet. And by the way, Adam's going to run here. He has to go cover the game. And JVT stepping in for the second half of the show. So we'll continue with some of the uh, primers for the Golden Knights tonight in game number three. We saw a good food bet play out on social media. Uh, some cat apparently. Did he lose his fantasy football league? It came last in fantasy football. So what's the bet? So he has to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours. Now, the caveat to that is for every full waffle he finishes, right. he knocks an hour off. Okay. So it's a combination of hours waiting in, or hours sitting and waffles has to uh, uh, equal 24. Max time you're there. I would say, well, I wouldn't mind sitting there. Like, I love just kind of sitting there and hanging exactly. out. But 
I if I really wanted to get out of there, I could probably do nineteen in five hours. Really? Sure. I'm not a speed eater, so I'd probably say that's I not could... speed. Five hours? That's pretty good. I could. I I'd be out of there in twelve hours. You go twelve and twelve. I would do like two every other hour. Do I did, did I do the math there? Yeah, and, and cut off twelve hours. That's about. I think I probably right. do more because you and I were arguing earlier. I don't think you know Waffle House. I think this has been a complete fraud that you're you're like Waffle House guy. I I I a huge Waffle House. I don't think guy. you eat there. I think you just go there and watch people. You don't oh, eat that's the waffles. True. No, I don't eat waffles. I would eat an omelet there. You never eat the waffles. No. So then I'm right. You don't know. You really don't know. I've seen them. You're not. I don't. Here's think you have. the issue. I don't think you have. Here's the issue. You said you called them mini waffles. They are mini waffles as compared to a traditional Belgian waffle. They're really thin. They're the size of a, I would say, three quarter size plate. They're not big. Right, but the, the, this whole thing started because you called like to I, me it is a mini. They're waffle. not like because, but we've we've talked I about know, the mini waffle right. maker. It's not, a, it's not a mini waffle maker waffle. Right, but they're they're very thin waffles. They're thin, but they actually are bigger than I than I was thinking too. Because he posted pictures last night, and I was like, "Those waffles are not big, not very big." And then he showed a picture. I was like, "That's definitely bigger I than it, I than I remember." I think it was the angle because I don't think you know Waffle House waffles. But I, when I we're talking about big, we're talking about the how much they fill the plate, not how deep they are. You're you're speaking of being very shallow, right? But the depth is very important to of the bulk of the waffle. Of course it that, is. That's gonna <laughs> if you were gonna eat twenty four waffles really quickly to get the hell out of there. Like you could not do twenty four Belgian waffles unless you are a competitive eater. Now, if you're Joey Chestnut or whatever that lady's name is, Miley Schuyler Schuyler, who's not part of the IFOCE or on the MLE tour, is not part of the hot dog contest. I would guess she would be out of there in maybe fifteen minutes. Sure, but uh, that wouldn't be my goal at all. Seriously, she. I saw a video the other day. Some I don't know where she was at. It might have been like an Australian competitive eater. She was eating a two and a half pound burrito, and she did it in like two and a half minutes. And it like it was it was fast. And then Miley Schuyler posts, and and she's known for, she's she's not part of the you know the whole George uh, and and Rich Shea empire. She's really known for what she does in the wing contest in Philly. She's an animal. Yeah. And this two and a half pound burrito, she's like, I could eat eight of those. Now, I don't know if it in two minutes, but she said she could eat eight of those. I'm like, that is nuts. I, listen, I feel like the problem I would have with this is not the, not necessarily how many I could, I could eat. Like, I would want to be a part of like, hey, I want to hang out in Waffle House for a while. Yeah. So I think that was, that'd be why I would t- try to take it and, easy. And as far as like, oh, we're going to torture you, that's not, there's nothing torturous about this bed at all. Also, I don't like the fact that he did go to the parking lot and sit in his car for like three hours oh! to charge his phone. But I was like, can we get the guy, a ch- he's sitting in the Waffle House at 3 a.m. Can we get him a charger? Can we get him a, an outlet? No, you don't get him a charger. You bring your own extension cord and you charge your phone. Be prepared. Either way, can we find, can we find now, holes to put the, the charger in? Now, you could put that in the rules. You are without a phone. Whenever it dies, it dies. That that's that's a, that for you ooh. and I would be tough. Ooh. Look at Adams like ooh. I'm out. Then, now I'm just gonna scarf down a bunch of waffles and get out of there. Adams off to cover the game. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Uh, read a story in the paper. He's covering the Canadian side. Go figure, right? Uh, LVRJ.com. On the way back, we flip the page. You know, a lot's going on right now leading up to the Olympics and the U.S. Olympic trials. And our Olympic expert is Maggie Hendricks. She's in next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. 
Cofield and Company here on a Friday. We've been waiting to have this conversation for a long time. We got the Olympics right around the corner. July 23rd is when it starts up. We have the trials going on right now here in the United States. Our buddy Maggie Hendricks, who works for Bally Sports, is all over the Olympics. And Maggie, let's come out of the gates talking about Shelby Houlihan, the runner who tested positive. She's claiming it was from a uh, burrito gone bad. Uh, Give us the background on this story and now what's going to happen moving forward. So Shelby Houlihan is a is a track athlete a athlete and as you know these athletes get tested to high heaven like no matter where they are what's going on with them they have to check in and let the world know where they are or let USADA know where they are so that they can go and knock on the door and test them whenever and so one of these tests with Shelby Houlihan came up as positive for nandrolone which is very very banned um, and she is now appealing it there was a huge issue yesterday because at first uh usa track and field was still going to let her run at the trials this weekend and so many athletes stood up and said no that's that's not okay you've never allowed that before why are we allowing it now so now they're not letting her run she is now i think there's a swiss tribunal that she's looking for a for a uh, restraining order from so that she could possibly run it's, I mean, it's going to be some super heavy international litigation going on to help her make, try to make the Olympic team. But, I mean, she tested positive, so there's not, there's not much recourse. And if, if, they come up, if they come back and say, yes, you can run, there's going to be a whole lot of athletes who are very, very angry. You covered the fight game for a long time. We know now looking back that you know, the sport was freaking rampant with uh, drug use and and i've kind of built up this i I don't want to be like this but i've kind of built up this attitude uh right off the bat i'm like yeah they did it It, it's sad like you just you you just accept it that hey they probably did it what do you think do you believe her that she did not knowingly ingest anything well here's here's kind of my view on it is that um athletes know that and this is true for fighting for the nfl for everything athletes know that they are responsible for literally everything they put in their body the reason why this pork burrito excuse has come out is because athletes do like they know that nandrolone is often found in pork. There's a good chance if you and I had a, a really good burrito this week that we may have nandrolone in our system right now. So, yeah, so we should go lift weights. Um, but but the thing is, is if you know that there is a chance, why are you eating that pork burrito? Yeah. Why? Like, why are you not with the Olympics in just a few months, not even a few weeks now at this point, why are you putting anything in your body that's at risk? So even if she did or didn't do it, it's, it's less important to me as like, you need to be smarter about what you're putting in your body. You need to know every single ingredient because you might test positive for something. Yeah, and this is not someone new to the scene. She's the record holder in the 1500 and, and 5000 for the U.S. So she's a familiar face. Who are some of the other stars that we should look for who are going to emerge, you know, in the Olympics? Who are some of the big stars at the track and field trials? At track and field, there's there's a lot of exciting ones. Um, you're going to see Sydney McLaughlin again, who we saw five years ago, which is it's so weird to talk in odd numbers when talking about the Olympics. Um, we saw her as a hurdler. Um, she was she was a lot of she was a teenager. She was a high schooler. Oh, wow. So now th- this is her five years later seeing seeing how that can go. Um, this honestly across the board is such a strong team. And, and the thing is, is like, it doesn't have the kind of names and personalities that we used to know, like, you know, like knowing Flojo and all of those from back in the day, but it is just strong. These athletes are just, there's, there's a good chance 
that this could be our best medal haul in track and field, even with athletes. I mean, obviously, like Allison Felix is one that you're they're going to watch, and this is her first time back since she's had a daughter. So, like, that, there's a lot going on there. Um, but I think medal hall wise, it's it should be it should be quite sparkly. Maggie Hendricks covers the Olympics for Bally Sports. I've always found the Olympics fascinating from the angle that, hey, this is it. There's world championships, but like you're on the stage, you have to get it done. The pressure is immense. You've been covering the swimming, and this is such a sad story now because we know about different layers with Simone Manuel. Explain to the audience who she is and what happened, and then her explanation of what's happened the last few months. So Simone Manuel is the American record holder and the 2016 gold medalist from uh, in the 100 freestyle. And she's also the first black woman to win a gold medal for the United States in swimming, which historically has been an insanely white sport. Um, And so she was, and she has done well in her, uh, in the world championships since and everything. And she was very much expected to go back to the Olympics and defend her gold medal. And yesterday during the semifinals of the 100 free, she took ninth in top eight mm. qualify. Um, and then I give her so much credit for this. She came and she, she met with the media and she explained that for three weeks this year, she had to take time off because she was diagnosed with overtraining syndrome, which is, I, I mean, it's, I don't want to call it burnout because it's a lot more than that. Like her heart rate was going up and down at wrong times. Uh, she was getting gassed from walking upstairs and like, Olympic swimmers have the lung capacity of like a refrigerator. So like they don't, you know, them getting gas going up and down the stairs, that's not normal. Um, There was anxiety, depression, insomnia. There was just a lot going on. And for anybody training for the Olympics, not being in the pool for three weeks is, I, I mean, in those three weeks, then when she got back in the pool, it was eight weeks to the Olympics, and that was it. Wow. So I, it was just a, a lot. And she said that sometimes she would jump in the pool and she would s- swim around a 53, which is her American record. Uh, and then another other time she would swim a 55. And they're just, I mean, you know, athletes always seem to know what their bodies are going to do and know what their bodies are capable of. And this is one of those times she just, she didn't. So this is part of a bigger story. You mentioned she she came into the press conference. She you know was uh, pretty open about it. We just saw Naomi Osaka say, "Hey, I'm not doing Wimbledon. I'm going to go to the Olympics." I want your take, you know, because all all of us media people have an opinion on post game, post match, whatever, post action press conferences. What do you think about Naomi Osaka and the way she was treated by tennis, and the way some media people reacted with a lot of anger? Yeah. So I mean. Post fight, swim, whatever, tennis match, whatever, press conferences are so important to our jobs. And they're also important to getting the story out to to uh, readers, to listeners, to betters, to so many different groups of people to know what the heck just happened. However, in tennis, a lot of times those tennis, a lot of the, especially the, I am going to be honest, it's the foreign tennis media, the European tennis media asked questions that were so out of bounds and just just completely a lot of them were sexist there were a lot of them that had some huge racist tinges to them so i could see why naomi wanted needed a break from that um and i think i think what what we need to do in media and i think what fans need to do too is kind of learn how to be more flexible 
in however we can talk to, to fans or however we can talk to athletes, there are better ways to do it. And there, there's smarter ways to do it. And as long as we get to talk to them and hear their story, like Simone so kindly did last night, then I think we're okay. But I also, I, I mean, I, I respect an athlete. And this is actually something Simone Manuel talked about last night that athletes needed, we need like more flexible definitions of what an accomplishment is. Because for her, it was a big accomplishment even to show up there. And maybe the big accomplishment for Naomi Osaka is having the strength to say, you know what, I'm not going to Wimbledon. So I, th- I think it's just being more empathetic and flexible with these athletes because they're human too. Yeah, these angles that you flopped and failed is kind of ridiculous uh, considering exactly. the platform they're on. Maggie Hendricks is whether she covers the Olympics for uh, Bally Sports. All right, the setup for this is fascinating. I was reading a story in the LA Times about a month ago, and it detailed where Japan is right now with coronavirus um they've got low numbers they're also mostly unvaccinated and the feeling i got from the story is japan doesn't want us there japan doesn't want the olympics the people on the ground don't want the olympics so much so maggie that local sponsors which the olympics are boffo money for you know that country sponsors even the sponsors are like oh my god we can't be part of this because it may destroy our company from an image standpoint where are we now I mean, it, clearly it's happening, but this just, I don't know how you go somewhere, hold the Olympics where the people on the ground, the residents are like, we don't want you here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is an, honestly an absolutely insane thing. I knew when they moved it back that unless, unless there was something truly majorly catastrophic that was like beyond even our comp- comprehension, the, the Olympics were going to happen because there's so much money involved. There's so much money for NBC. There's so much money for the IOC. And, all, and then all of the different groups that are, are attached to them. So it's happening. But the funny thing is, is like every time there's an Olympics in the U.S., it's usually pretty mixed if the city wants it or not. Like there, no, no, no one's had huge approval numbers. Japan, until all this happened, they were thrilled. They were so excited. So that it's, it's that much of a, a change. I mean, a complete 180 is says something about how badly they don't want it. Um, and, and I, I think I, I'm always the one that wants to speak for the athletes or be on the athlete side. They've been training for so hard. I want them to have an Olympics, but I also, I also worry about a, what it's going to do to Japan and B like, what kind of an Olympic spirit experience is it going to be? It's like, they're going to go perform and then leave. And, and you and I both know some of the best stories to come out of the Olympics usually have nothing to do with the sports. Right. So, you know, we're like, they're not having that Olympic experience, which is a bummer for them, but even more terrifying for Japan. So uh, specifically the athletes can only go for the, for their event there. And, and that's it. They're out there. There's no, there's no village experience. There's no going around Japan, seeing the sites. It's just you're, you, you compete and you're out. There, so according to the playbook, the IOC playbook, you'll hear that a lot in the next next six weeks, um, there are like approved businesses they can go to and approved areas. And there's going to be GPS tracking and there's going to be very oh a very close eye on athletes making sure that they only go to the places that they can. So it's possible they might get a little bit of, of fun, but like, I mean... 
one of my favorite things of the Olympics is that at the closing ceremony, all of the athletes stream in together. It doesn't matter the country. It doesn't matter the team, the sport, the anything. And it's this really cool thing because it shows basically how they have united over the past 16 days. And this time, that obviously is not going to happen. Um, they are working hard to get the athletes vaccinated. And, like, the swim team is 90% vaccinated. So, that like, the American athletes I'm not as concerned about. I'm more concerned about the, the ones from the countries that haven't been able to right. get hands-on vaccines like we have. Um, and then media and all of the other people that come in for the Olympics. I think they estimated that there's – that even with – no fans and limited media and all of that, it's still going to be around 150 to 200,000 people coming to. Oh my God. I know. Wow. I mean, it just is, that's a lot of, it's just a lot of people. And 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 are most of the events without fans? They're still deciding that the fans (laughs) are definitely going to only be from Japan if there are fans. Um, But they said they're going to make that determination in early July. Man, what a disaster. What a different Olympics. I mean, for the athletes, at least they get to compete, but the experience is uh, completely different than what we're used to. Maggie Hendricks is with us. Let's let's wrap on this. Do you have a prediction uh, across all sports on the U.S. side of a person who's going to emerge that we don't know about, like a future superstar? Because there's always megastars who come out of Olympics, out of the Olympics for the United States. I have two, because um, I, can, I can never limit it to just one. Um, Tamara Mensa Stock is a wrestler who is, she is possibly the bubbliest human being I've ever talked to in my life. She just is, she's just a joy. Um, and she is a very good chance of winning a gold medal. And if she wins that gold medal, her smile alone will win her a whole lot of sponsors and the hearts of all of America. Um, and then the other is Tori Husk, who she's a swimmer. She just qualified this week. She's 18 and she just, um, She's kind of, I don't want to say nerdy, but like she just, she, she's just kind of a a gangly teenager who also happens to be really, really fast at swimming. And it just, (laughs) it's just fun to, to watch someone very normal who is also just this incredible athlete. And I think, I think a lot of Americans will just like, like seeing her and like seeing her success. Maggie, tell people where uh, they can find all of your Olympic coverage. You can find it at bellysports.com and you can find me on Twitter at Maggie Hendricks. Awesome. Appreciate it. That was great. All right. Thanks, man. There she is, Maggie Hendricks, the Olympic expert for Bally Sports. We'll get her on a bunch of times during the Olympics, and everything starts up on July 23rd, 4 o'clock hours on the way. John Von Tobel is in football frenzy time. Uh-oh, the Pac-12 may get in the way of this college football playoff expansion. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100.